March 1st, 2022. That may seem like it is a little ways off. For those who have yet to apply for a license under the Water Sustainability Act, that time will be coming sooner than you might think. A new report from the Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives, BC office, is suggesting that thousands of non-domestic groundwater users across BC risk losing their historic water rights. Since the WSA became law in 2016, it says just one-tenth of an estimated 20,000 non-domestic historic groundwater users have actually applied and received a license. That means some 16,000 users have yet to apply for a license at all, and then they risk losing access to water they have historically used. To speak more to the issue, please to welcome to the program now policy analyst Ben Parfit. Ben, thanks for this. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jeff. Thanks so much for having me. Well, appreciate you coming back on the show. And um, I mean, this seems like a pretty important subject and honestly not one that I knew too much about. And I'm guessing that may be the case for a lot of these water users, not realizing that this is something that they even need to worry about. I'm I'm curious, you know, based on the research you've done, these 16,000 users have yet to apply. I mean, do they even know that they should be getting those applications in? Well, uh, if they don't know, they they should know. Um, and I, I think this is is one of the kind of perplexing uh, questions that is is circling around this whole issue. Um, in, as of 2016, it became became uh, law that uh, groundwater users would would have to apply for licenses, and the government initially gave. Uh, those users three years in which to apply. Um, and then after that three years and very anemic uptake, they extended it for, a, for another three-year period, which runs out, as you said, um, March 1st of next year. Um, there is concern, and it was expressed to me by former uh, senior civil servants um, in the provincial government that, that helped to bring this uh, law into place, that they feel the government has done um, uh, an inadequate or poor job in in really impressing upon people the seriousness of the situation, which is that come March 1st of next year, um, people that have been historically using groundwater, in some cases for a century or more, um, could lose their access to that water if they have failed to apply for licenses. So it is a serious issue. I think that there are legitimate questions about how uh, effectively the government has communicated that to people. Um, And there is some acknowledgement on the part of the government, at least in response to questions I filed on this issue, uh, that they intend to be putting out more advertising and um, intend to impress upon people um, the the fact that the deadline is rapidly approaching. What 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 would actually happen if you know March first comes and goes and you don't receive a license? Like what is really at stake here for these groundwater users? Well, well, potentially what is at stake uh, and 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 former Ministry of Agriculture and Ministry of Environment officials are saying this. Potentially what is at stake is that those those users uh, uh, find as of March 1st that they are are uh, in a position where they are illegally withdrawing water and they could be subject to to penalties under the Water Sustainability Act. So, um, you know, that the, the fact that they would be withdrawing water without a license would be a serious violation of of that particular legislation. Uh, so th- there, you know, there would be consequences. I, I think perhaps the most serious consequence is that 
In British Columbia, it has historically been the case um, with surface water users, uh, so people withdrawing from lakes, rivers, and streams, mm-hmm. and now groundwater users, that um, those users in particular watersheds that can demonstrate the earliest usage. So let's say a rancher in, in your neck of the woods that started withdrawing water from uh, um, an area in the 1880s. That person has precedent uh, over every other water user in that watershed that comes along after that date and starts to use water. Um, It's known as something called first in time, first in right. So the danger we face here is that historic groundwater users that fail to apply by the deadline, they will lose what's called their priority right. They will lose the ability to say, look, I've been using this water since 1880, um, and they will be in the queue with everybody else that is applying for groundwater um, and treated uh, the same as everybody else at that point. So there's a really good reason why groundwater users that have historically been using groundwater should be doing everything they can to get their applications in place because not only would they be in a position come March of next year that they were illegally withdrawing water without a license, but they would lose their priority right, which is is an extremely valuable thing to have. So essentially, like you, you would pretty much lose that status as being, you know, the the first user of of the the groundwater within that watershed, right? You you just would no longer have that sort of seniority, I suppose. It, that is exactly right. And why should we be concerned about that? Well, the, the the reason we should be concerned is because, as we speak, new, entirely new users of groundwater. Uh, are are submitting applications. So in uh, the piece that uh, the CCBA published uh, today, um, we look at a situation in the Clinton area, which, you know, is, is in a relatively dry region of the, the province, not as dry as Kamloops, but relatively dry. Um, there is a new application in the Clinton area by a, a water bottling company to tap into the aquifer uh, and use groundwater to fill thousands of, of water bottles a day. Um, if that application uh, is is approved... Um, that will place the water bottling company ahead of uh, potentially of ranchers and farmers in the area that fail to apply uh, for their licenses. So that means that come March 1st of next year, the water bottling company is in the same queue as historic water users who would have lost their priority rights of access to water. Now, only about, you know, based on the report, about 4,000 water users have already, you know, applied for and received their licenses. So 80% of the groundwater users in the province of B.C. still have yet to go through this process. And the fact that that deadline is now less than a year away, what's that, like, you know, nine months from now, ten months from now is when that March 1st deadline is going to come up. This sounds like it would be a lot for the government to process in a short period of time. I guess, is there a concern that if we start to see sort of a a massive influx of applications coming in, that it might be difficult to process? Or does it really matter? Like, once you get your application in, then you're kind of in the waiting game and, and not have to worry about that deadline anymore. Uh, the, the latter is the case. So as long as, as the applications are filed by, by that deadline, then, then the, the, the significant task ahead of getting those uh, licenses actually 
uh, approved um, would still have to follow. But the groundwater users who, who had filed their applications by that date would, would be effectively in the door. Um, so, yes, there, there are a massive number of uh, applications uh, estimated to um, uh, have not been filed. Uh, so there's, there's uh, potentially 16,000 uh, estimated groundwater users that have, have yet to apply, um, which means there, there would be a, you know, a, a veritable avalanche of av- applications coming in over the, over the next um, nine months, uh, nine and a half months to, to close the gap. Um, but if those applications get in uh, the door, then the government uh, after March uh, 1st of next year uh, would slowly be able to, or hopefully quickly be able to go through and uh, analyze the applications and issue the approvals. Is this, uh, just in your opinion, I suppose, or based on the research that you've done in regards to this subject, is this a, a fair process or is this something that maybe favors, you know, larger users? You mentioned water bottling companies. I mean, I, in theory, based on our conversation here, I would think that this is kind of meant to keep things fair and make sure that, you know, everyone's kind of being treated equally and no special um, um, consideration is being given to some of the, the larger corporations, I suppose, that would be involved here. Uh, that is a, is a very very good question. I I think what um, what favors the larger users is that they have the resources and the personnel to ensure that uh, that the licenses are applied for uh, in in a timely way. And the data that I've analyzed uh, strongly uh, suggests that the major users, so fracking companies, mining companies. Um, et cetera, have, um, have all got their applications in uh, and in many cases have already had all of their applications approved. It, it seems uh, to be the case that smaller users, um, the large number of farmers and small cattle operators out there may be among those along with small commercial uh, business enterprises that have not yet applied. Um, and uh, certainly what I heard from the uh, head of the Cattlemen's Association uh, uh, in your region um, is that the application process is, is not an easy one. Mm-hmm. Um, and for uh, individuals and small businesses, uh, it might be uh, a much more onerous process to go through than it would be for uh, a company that has lots of resources at, at its disposal and can simply as, assign salaried staff to get the job done. So it does appear um, through the, uh, the statistics um, that I've looked at uh, that uh, industries um, have largely, uh, major industries have largely got their applications in. Um, they're in the door. Um, and I think that, if anything, that should be even more incentive to the, to the smaller um, non-domestic groundwater users to get their applications in. Well, Ben, this is uh, something that I think is an interesting thing to bring forward at this particular time, and especially given how many groundwater users have yet to actually, you know, start this process is probably somewhat frightening, but hopefully, uh, you know, raising awareness here will will help them kind of, uh, you know, put a little fire under them so they can start moving on this process. Anything else that you wanted to add? Anything, um, you know, within your report and the work that you've done that we have yet to touch on that you just wanted to highlight here? 
Yeah, I, I would say one last thing that I think is really important is that the, the, the former civil servants that, that stepped forward to provide information to me and who um, are, are exceedingly concerned about, about the, uh, the, the um, potential for, for uh, crisis ahead um, really feel that the government needs to be doing a better job of conveying the seriousness of, of uh, what happens, what the consequences will be if, if people don't apply. And the other thing uh, that they're saying, and I, I really believe that this is the case, that the government needs to be sending a signal through its compliance and enforcement uh, efforts that anybody in the province that is illegally using water uh, will be subject uh, to some kind of prosecution. And there has not been a very good track record in the province of getting serious about um, going after people that, uh, or, or companies that are violating the water rules. We've seen that in northeast British Columbia where fracking companies built dozens, literally dozens of dams without permits and diverted water into those dams without permits. And those companies uh, did not face sanctions. And I think we need to see stepped up um, enforcement efforts on the part of uh, the provincial government to send a very strong signal that we care about water in this province and that when um, uh, businesses are uh, engaged in illegal diversion and use of water, uh, they will face penalties. Ben, thank you as always for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, always interesting stuff when I have you on. So thanks so much for this, and we'll we'll catch up down the road. But appreciate this time today. Thanks again for your interest, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff there. Policy analyst Ben Parfit with the Canadian Center for Policy Alternatives. So yeah, a new report from the BC office there is suggesting that thousands of non-domestic groundwater users across BC risk losing their historic water rights if they don't go ahead and start applying for a license under the Water Sustainability Act. March 1st of next year is the deadline. So that's about nine nine months and 10 days from now. That's, uh, that can come up pretty darn quickly.